This is the Jay Che Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Let's begin. And we're recording Jay Che Show, episode 56. I am here with Grant Nadu. Welcome, <laughs> brother man. How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing 56. fantastic. Wow. Yeah, you're number 56, dude. I'll take it. All right. Uh... <laughs> You and I have known each other for a long time. It is a long time. It's been years that we've known of each other. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think it was when we first moved back from the Dominican Republic, mm. or relatively soon after, when I caught you at that Black and Brew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were talking about four-hour work week stuff? Yes. Your side? <laughs> yeah, side hustles. Side hustles, right? Uh, making passive yeah. income. Side yeah. hustles. Right, uh, and and I've seen you before we even spoke at Black and Brew. I've seen you when you were when you worked at Starbucks. Yes, I've seen you. You'd be surprised you... how many people remember me from my. I call it my performance then. Okay, but but how I performed and how I engaged people. I uh-huh. still have people to this day. That yeah, that mentioned that. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and <laughs> and I I remember seeing you at Starbucks, and then I remember seeing you one time. You had like a group that you're having lunch with mm. and, and I eavesdropped on your conversation. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you were, and you were talking about like doing some sort of like business retreat. You had an idea and you just kind of threw it out there to the group. And you were having lunch at Saigon Bistro as well. And I mean, you probably oh. don't even remember because it was like, it was, was this before after we met, uh, this was before we met at Black and Brew. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And and I thought to myself, oh, this guy's hustling. <laughs> this guy is he's he's an entrepreneur. I mean, I, yeah. I immediately recognized it. I immediately recognized that you were an entrepreneur right away. Interesting. Because the, the, yeah. because the every time I saw you, you were talking about um, well entrepreneur related activities. Yeah. And yeah. in whether you were at Starbucks working or that, that one time I saw you at, at Saigon Bistro, and I was like, oh, this is a fellow entrepreneur right here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it, like attracts like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or you exactly. recognize it. Yeah. I recognize. And then, of course, you know, we, we meet and we talk about uh, four, hour, four hour work week. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, when I was selling <laughs> bling on Amazon. I was going to say, <laughs> have you told them about that? I no, didn't no, 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 no. Oh, so, so, so this, this, this episode is, is about entrepreneurship and starting yeah. and starting from scratch. Cool. With nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Right. Which, which you've done. And we'll get yeah. to that in a, in, a, in a second, but yeah. but on the side note of of selling bling on Amazon, drop shipping, drop shipping. So those that are uh, n- not familiar with the term drop shipping is you would buy merchandise in bulk, mm-hmm. and you would store it in a warehouse, and 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 <laughs> sell it school, sell yeah. it online and ship it out, or you can. There's many different ways to do it. Yeah. And one way I did it was I bought a bunch of merchandise from China, created ads on Amazon, yeah. and had Amazon do the fulfillment. Yeah. So I didn't even hold on to it. I Were mean, you maybe, storing it? Were you doing the thing where it stores at Amazon? Yeah, okay, I did. Yeah. So, I, so I sent, I mean, after I labeled everything mm-hmm. and I had the ads created, yeah. I sent all the stuff to Amazon and Amazon did all the work essentially. Yeah. You know. Why did you yeah. stop that? I was um, always wondering. I just wanted proof of concept. Oh, you were literally just testing. Yes. Okay. And, 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 you know, and make a little bit of a profit, which was, you know, not much, no, but, no, yeah, yeah. but I just wanted to know that it worked yeah. and it did. Now it, the, that leads me to all of these life experiences, entrepreneur wise that I've mm-hmm. had in the past leads me to where I am now Yeah. and strengthens and propels me to, to do more. Oh yeah. In, in the, in a correct fashion. Oh yeah. Right. I always tell Marissa, um, I was really enamored with Buckminster Fuller. Okay. Um, and like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. quotes him. And a lot of the gurus that we know today spent some time or another uh, visiting with or interviewing or mentoring under Buckminster Fuller. And um, if the folks don't know him, look him up. He's a really intriguing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he called himself Guinea Pig B. Hmm. And, it, and it really caught me that um, I had a freedom moment you know, when you're young, you get really angsty. Like, if I don't accomplish X, I'm gonna die. You know. Right. Yeah, sure. And in my early, you know late teens, early twenties, as I started getting the bug of, hey man, we can do more with our lives. I still had this angst of, 
you know, if I don't hit a certain level, I'm just going to absolutely melt down and die. My life was meaningless, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we see a lot of young people like that today. And that's just kind of comes with the territory. But when I came across Buckminster Fuller's concept of guinea pig B and I shifted my paradigm that this is all experimentation and it might be for us to achieve, but really it's for the species for, you know, you have kids, it's for you know, the coming generations of, let me prove, like proof of concept for right. just Amazon. Like, yeah. I mean, I hear a lot of um, BS about this, but like, what's the real visceral experience of doing these things? And uh, when I grabbed on that concept, I'd shifted to, let's just do this. And if I win, awesome. If I not, experiment and That's right. learn the lessons, you know. That's right. So it led you to here? It did. Yeah? It did. All roads lead to here. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. I, uh, and, uh, you know, another tangent. I've been... Having these thought experiments, okay, about the singularity, like so Ray Kurzweil singularity, yeah, yeah exactly, okay, the yeah, yeah. technological singularity yeah. and, how, and how it relates to humanity, okay. And the thought occurred to me that we are racing toward unity. I agree with that. We are racing toward. Uh, all this technology mm -hmm. and all this augmented reality mm -hmm. that's coming up and, and, and this, the technological advancements that we're having and in conjunction with the internet leads yeah. me to believe that we're about to merge oh, into yeah. a single consciousness. Oh yeah. And, and when you say that, I hear kind of between the lines, you mean like, we're going to become the Borg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't don't know what who the Borg are, yeah. the Star Trek Next Generation, uh, the 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 uh, this android, not androids, but but uh, you have you take a a what would be a, a, a human Cy species yeah. and 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 technology, and they kind of merge into one, yeah. and they have a singular vision. My favorite story arcs focus, in the Next Generation, focus. yeah, yeah with, the, with the Borg. Now, do you? I mean, so you think that we'll be at the point where we can communicate? commune at that level yes yeah and you think that'll happen in our lifetime no okay oh you don't no Kurzweil calls for it Kurzweil calls for it. i yeah. don't think that the singularity is going to happen that fast so he had a talk um about the adoption bell curve which we know about i don't know mm -hmm. if you're familiar yeah. with the, you know early adopters innovators yep. mm -hmm. all that and um you know these people that are very afraid of ai um and there's a lot of pros and cons. I, I observe them both with re with respect as people who are for AI, against AI. Elon Musk, Sam Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> both of them are terrified. Terrified, of, you yeah. know. And, and rightly so. Yeah, there's some caution there. But those, he called out Ray Kurzweil, who's all for barreling ahead, um, basically saying people people elect to be involved and the adoption bell curve applies to selling CDs, applies to the latest iPhone and will apply to whether or not you want to plug in and join the consciousness. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marissa and I, I think are great case studies because Marissa is anti, I mean, she's doing the Pacific Crest Trail for five months to express her naturalist self. Mm. And I geek out like I want to live forever, you know? Yeah. I, I am so enamored yeah. at how humans, anybody, any species, but humans especially adapt I'm, I'm so intrigued about how people adapt and i want to just stick around to see the evolution you know right. so when i think about like um elon's uh what does he call it the neural net neural link neural link yeah, i think yeah. about that and i'm like let's upload the consciousness man i just want to see it right you know i geek out about it but i don't I, I agree i think the one consciousness won't happen in our life but i think we'll fuse and honestly I think we're in the great, you know, when an asymptote, the singularity approaches. And mm -hmm. the thing about a singularity is it never actually gets there, if you look at the math. I So it becomes so infinitesimally, uh, the measurements become so infinitesimally small, you might as well have merged with it, though you never would have. That's the point of a singularity. And what Ray Kurzweil, I think, was getting at is we'll, we'll never completely, which is what a singularity does, it never mm -hmm. actually completely touches. But I think we're already accelerating into the zone of, like, we talk about cyborgism. We're cyborgs. We're walking cyborgs. It's just not completely attached to our physical body. Correct. But our survival. So the definition of a cyborg, I saw this on a TED talk somewhere. Mm -hmm. The definition of a cyborg is something that requires an external apparatus to exist in a given environment. So when you scuba dive, you're a temporary mm -hmm. cyborg. And we could say that we're temporary cyborgs, except our survival in the West anyway is an economic survival. Mm. That's our current environment. Mm. 
I had a buddy who stayed with me, and he was online for a bunch of these traveling medical contracts. Okay. And economic survival being the, the prime focus here. So he went down to the Keys. He visited me. He's from the, he's from Pennsylvania. He came down to Florida. He's like, I'm going to the Keys. He goes to the Keys. He goes, I'm waiting on a call, so I have a few days, so I'm going to go to the beach. He goes to the beach, jumps in the water with his cell phone, loses his cell phone. It's just a few days before he drives back up to visit us, goes to the Best Buy, replaces his cell phone, finds three missed calls, lost his contracts. <gasps> And these were huge. These were his no. first doctoral contracts. And so uh, it really dawned on me, this is not a hypothetical. You, if you are not actively connected, not because of the device, but because of the comms, the yeah. communication, right. we, now survival is dependent. We just yeah. have the option. Right. And so you can, uh, you can opt well, into He the, didn't check into his voicemails <laughs> using another phone? Sure, sure. Come on, guy. <laughs> you so, see, lessons learned. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, man. so I don't know how we got on Singularity, but I geek out about it. I right. think we're getting there. I think so too. I think we're getting there. Okay, so, uh, let's talk about uh, your company. You have a okay. company, yeah. State of the Spark. State of the Spark. Uh, tell us, tell us what State of the Spark is. Well, um, I suffered with extreme depression when I was young, and um, I had two major events in my life that stuck me on why I have this business. And um, basically when I was young, we got into a situation where I had to Baker Act my own mother. And at the time we were in Kansas, we were, it was icy and I grew up a Florida boy, you know, life and enjoyment and pleasure and feeling good was beach and sun and surf. And that's what I grew up around. And uh, during, you know, a rocky divorce, everyone's got the kind of that story. Um, I ended up in the middle of a Kansas winter and I had to Baker Act my own mom. And the idea, Explain to us what Baker Act is. For those who don't know, if someone poses a danger to themselves uh, through depression, and my mom had a lot of depression, she still struggles with it. We talk about it. We have a good relationship now and, and better all the time. And it's someone who deals with mental illness of some kind where they pose a danger to themselves or others. Mm -hmm. And I was nine or ten at the time and you know she was our primary caregiver um, and there was no food in the house. She couldn't get out of bed to go to work. And it, it got to the point where I felt like this was a real danger to my little brother and I, and my older brother was around, but he was kind of also in survival mode. Mm. And, um, and in Kansas, like you've got to have heat, you've got to have clothes. I had just board shorts and flip flops from Florida. Like we weren't being cared for to the degree that I thought we should. So, you know, I, I pick up the phone, I call, I don't know who it was at the time, the police or healthcare or something. And mm. I said, we need help. And I, and I didn't know what Baker Act was at the time. I don't right. know any of that. You just, hey, we need help. So they come. And, and in Baker Act, you can hold someone for 72 hours at the time anyway, um, even if it's against their will, under observation to make sure they were okay. And we got lost in the system. What Meaning, do you mean? So they took my mom and we ended up there alone in the house. No one came back for you guys? Correct. And so it was one of these moments where you don't know any better as a young person. You're just like, is this normal? And, um, uh, and so time went on and it eventually the power gets shut off. And as a kid, you're like, I don't know what's going on. You don't know how the world works. You don't know how yeah. the world works. Yeah. So all I knew was to get my little brother dressed for school because I knew there was a hot meal at school for him and I would mm -hmm. drop him at the bus and he would get a hot meal. And then I'd spend the rest of the day in the streets collecting change. And, you know, it's freezing. Jesus, man. And so eventually you, eventually you find survival mechanisms and you go, okay, well, you know, let me find some clothes. Let me find this, that, or the other. And suddenly your identity is I'm a street person. And uh, this didn't last long. You know, my, my dad finally caught wind of what was going on. Neighbors finally caught, like, these kids are, like, alone. And so um, family finally came around and brought us back to Florida. But this was, like deeply traumatizing no maliciousness to anyone else but for me i had like do i belong do is someone coming for me in these story loops that get into our heads now i'm a highly aware person i always have been and so i right away was into reading in fact the way i self-medicated was reading i read to my little brother read him stories so that he wouldn't focus on the fact of how cold he was there was no dinner those sorts of things you know you you just find mechanisms to ignore 
suffering, if you will. And but this messed with me. And all through high school, I I didn't want to process it through high school. I just acted out. You know, mm. I was the loud kid at school. They didn't know what to do with me, so they made me mascot. You know, like right. those. Like I was like diagnosed ADHD, all that sort of stuff. Right. But in, in the midst of this, in my detention time and all that, I was reading, and and they would they would feed me material. Um, but I was still like a mess on fire. I couldn't go to Universal Studios because when I'd go to these theme parks. I was jealous that I wasn't the reason people were coming. Mm. And like, this was really weird. Why? Like, like everyone was having so much fun, but I, and I wanted to be a part of the show. So I got into acting and, and that was good for me. I had a good people around me, good teachers. I had several good teachers that, um, spoke into my life, but jump forward, um, quite a bit. I, I don't think I was a born entrepreneur. I think I was a born freedom seeker. Mm. And I believe entrepreneurship, whether you're born with it or not, that being born, like we do know people that were like born entrepreneurs, but that's not a limiting factor. I think that there's a survival mechanism or the opposite of that being a freedom seeker. And I think being a freedom seeker, um, for those seeking freedom, entrepreneurship is an economic system. Yeah. But it just has, it's a, it's default economic system. And I don't mean like throwing off the man, though it feels like that sometimes. I mean, you get into a job and you're like, this is not me. Nine to five. A corporate nine to five. A corporate nine to five. This is just not me or I'm more Which creative. is a death sentence for yeah. those of us that are, well, want to be free. Want to be will. free. Yeah. Want to express ourselves. But it always, in our society, that constructs itself around entrepreneurship. So very young, I got involved and I, I um, someone handed me a book, Think and Grow Rich. You've read it. Yeah. Um, I'm still surprised by how few people who have now heard of it still haven't read it. Right. Um, but that, that rocked me and it set me on a path and I lost everything again for the second time in the market crash of 2007. What were you doing? Um, I had moved to Lakeland. I'm one of these weird guys and we can go off on this or not, but I had a dream from what I call God or the one Mm -hmm. I was living in Vero beach. I had a dream about Lakeland. I'd never heard of it, Hmm. never even heard of it, but I had a dream about it. Visceral. I woke up, walked out of my bedroom the next morning, kind of moved by this dream. Like, what's that all about? And there was a person at my door saying, basically, and I could tell the story at length in another context, but basically, we're moving to this place called Lakeland. You want to check it out? And I'm like, what the age, dude? I believe in oneness big time. Mm. And so I moved here two weeks later. I drove around, was very impressed with Lakeland at the time, which was still small. Drove around, and I had no place to go. I had a little bit of work, but it was a person that I was not aligning with ethically back in Vero. And I was working Mm. remotely, one of these early remote workers out of a Panera on South Lakeland. And um, we parted ways. It was just not conducive. Although to this day, I hold that person. I have a a faith mentor who taught me and showed me weird, flaky spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I had this guy who was a multi-multi-millionaire who I watched him turn $4 million into $100 million in the time I was with him. Wow. And just, it was a huge experience in my life. All that to say, I was sitting in Panera and this couple that I moved here with moved back to to Vero and I had no place to stay. And this guy walked up to me and said, Hey, I hear you talking to a group of young people. Um, cause I did, I had some people around the table we were talking with and we sound like we're birds of a feather. And he gave me a card that led to a relationship where people paid me. This was a godsend. People paid me to read books. I got paid about three grand a month to read books and to present that information to their group. And there's a group of people here in Lake and I'll introduce you to, you should know some of these people. And um, uh, Chad Lindsay in Winter Haven, mm. uh, who l- runs the Winter Haven, Keller Williams, he was in that group. And he was the guy that handed me his business card. Mm. We ended up becoming fast friends. I lived with him for a long time. And we would basically, we were paid to read and study. And the idea was, we believe that this will, education is self-evident and it will give back to the community. This group of people had made like, gone from zero to eight million in real estate in just two years, mm. three years. And they wanted to invest this into the community. And that's what we were paid to do. It was a, it was a dream job. I call it my informal MBA. I mean, we did the Tony Robbins big table, the Robert Kiyosaki big table. And so we were doing all this at the time. And we even started our work in Haiti. This is what kicked off our work in Haiti before the earthquake. They were writing like a, um, a five-figure check every month. Wow. Um, and so my, this, this season of my life, I will always owe my life to the people that invested in me during this time because... If someone recognized my intelligence and I was able to put it to use, and this was my first real attempt being a teacher, mm. and I was horrible at it, but but it was such a growth moment. We were doing both the giving back in Haiti, and then we were also doing the business development. Okay, that's what I was doing, and the market corrected. They lost nearly everything. 
And th- I'll save that story for their, one of them has a very profound story and I'll let him someday tell you that. I'll introduce you to him. Yeah. A really cool guy. And um, I found myself living in my car again. I mean, nothing. And I, here I was, I was paid significant to read books. I knew all this material and now I'm living in my car. Didn't I learn anything? Right. Didn't I learn anything? Yeah. And so I was sitting at the Starbucks where you are, remember me from. And I was literally, I'm not exaggerating, I was literally down to my last $10. And I had finally, after three months of job searching, the only job I could find, Jay, was selling greeting cards for $7 an hour at the Lakeland Square Mall. You want to talk about an ego hit? I had traveled around the world. I had sat with Kiyosaki. I had sat with the players, the inventors of disc. Like, I had sat with these people and I'm selling greeting cards. At the Lakeland Square Mall. At the Lakeland Square Mall. For seven bucks an hour. For seven bucks an hour, bro. Jeez. And all I could afford at the time was a coffee. And I realized the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I had gained a ton of knowledge, but I'd put very little of it to use except for bragging on the social webs. So I was really challenged, and I said, I'm going to put this to work. And it was the eve of my 29th birthday. I was 28, turning 29. And I said, one year from now, I'm going to put this to use and I'm going to have my story. And that was, again, November 16th, 2009, I think. And I was literally crying at that Starbucks because mm. I was like, this is what my life has amounted to. I'm still nobody. Thinking back to my trauma, someone's not coming for me. I have family everywhere, but what am I going to do? And I was like, no, I'm going to put this stuff to work. And I, and. The, the the baristas started making fun of me like what's this guy all about right because he's crying in his freaking coffee and you know and the market's falling around them and they at least have jobs and they were making fun of me and i got up and i was like guys let me tell you about goals let me tell you about this thing and i, I was like like ecstatic like i had turned this massive internal corner and no lie a year later, you know, I'm managing. I, I walked in as their boss, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? Get out of here. Like, it, they knew, they recognized me. Right. And I walked in as their boss, and we actually turned that Starbucks with no drive through. We had a higher average ticket. We had a higher, we had a nearly as high revenue as that drive through on the south side. And we turned this thing around. And I, I was like, I've got to put these principles mm-hmm. to work. And in that time, I thought, that's it. I'm going to build a business that not only gives people the practical tools, but also the psychological frameworks to turn these corners. People that are dealing with depression, people that are dealing with disorders, I believe they're dealing with not, like in my case, ADHD, maybe, but really it was, I didn't have a purpose. It's, if anything, a purpose deficiency disorder, a significance. What's my life of significance? Mm -hmm. So we say state of the spark, igniting lives of explosive significance. And the idea is, can we help people who are that low Give them a framework and instead of them having to, you know, be in depression for months and months and then once they get out of depression, then side hustle and figure out from scratch what the principles are of dropshipping, what the principles are of business. Because again, like it's one thing to motivate people. We've done motivational speaking. You know, I do motivational speaking and it's awesome to, to light somebody up. Um, and then the opposite in the spectrum is pragmatic tools. You know, here's how right. you do drop shipping. Here's how we can rebrand. But at some point, you, you like you said, all roads lead here. Yeah. At some point, and I guess it's called maturity, they all synthesize mm-hmm. and you have a game plan, which I'm sure you did with Karate Beyond. Yeah. You hit a juncture that I'm sure you'll talk about or have talked about where it was like, I've got to do something else. But in the midst of all that rubble, you're like, wait, I see it. Right. I see it. Yeah. And, and so can we, can we generate that? Does that have to, can we, I guess, life hack that? I don't believe in shortcuts per se, but I do believe in, in being given a path. Right. And so for us, State of the Spark is just that. It's a parent company. We've got three, currently three sub-companies that we call the Spark Core Services, a bookkeeping company, which we believe is tailored. We call it Sparkify. Can we take a topic that's been lost on entrepreneurs for years and sparkify it so that it makes sense to the entrepreneur. So we got a bookkeeping company, we got a website company, we kind of have a budding uh, marketing and messaging company and we've we've launched that and then paused it and we're kind of trying to readdress that. Mm-hmm. And these are what we think are the core services to someone who goes, I've got a nonprofit or I've got a mission or I've got a, a lawn business and right. I need a framework and I, it doesn't need to take me three years to solve this Mm. um and then spark training which is the one i'm focused on in 2020 is relaunching the training component with what we call the freedom frameworks but it's just basically 
the frameworks for success right. in a given area. So yeah. So that that training yeah. uh, aspect of of Spark mm-hmm. is taking someone that wants to become an entrepreneur. Yep. And providing them with a means. Yeah. What we call the frameworks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We believe there's like I even have a teaching I call demystifying motivational masters. And um, being cl- approaching the asymptote like we are, um, we've lost track of seasons, mm. of natural cycles. And, and social media has been, uh, I, I am a very pro-technology person. I'm very pro-social media. The, the current temporary negative backlash is that we lose sight of principles. And so we just put everything kind of on a grid, spark, ignite, explode, radiate, spring, summer, fall, winter. And then we even have a teaching where we show the Greeks teach this, Tony Robbins is teaching this, Jim mm-hmm. Rohn's teaching this. Pick your flavor of the month that resonates right. with you. Right. Or like in your case, if I met a young Asian man who was expressing significant hustle and might have had a cultural, a Korean cultural background of some kind, I might say, go talk to Jay. Why? Because I think Jay knows the framework. He knows the secret sauce. I know the secret sauce, but you might resonate with Jay. That's right. And, and it might give you psychological leverage. Yeah. A lot of people poo-poo goal setting in January. A lot of the gurus even are like, don't set goals in January, set right. them in December. Do a, do a review. <clears throat> do a review of your previous year. But right. there's psychological leverage. There's cultural leverage. That's right. And, and why aren't we using every tool to get over a hump? And so for us, Spark has its own framework, but we also try to teach that there are other frameworks. And right. so, yes, can we train you? Can we show you their seasons? Can we identify your season and your skill level? And then just fill in the gaps so that, like I've got one coaching client who said, listen, I just need confidence. And we, we interviewed and I realized he has the principles. He just doesn't know the sequence mm. or the order, or really he's just not confident that an outside voice. So he's not taking the jump. Yeah. He's not taking the jump. He's not taking the leap of faith. Correct. Right. Correct. And he is in a lot of other areas, but just in terms of, I think, management, he wasn't taking some leaps. So so the tools are there, and can we just imbue in someone the confidence, even if it's just cheerleading? Mm -hmm. Listen, take the jump. Right. Take the jump, man. Like, karate beyond. Now, you are your own perpetual motion machine. and. And some of that probably created the conflict at Master Chase before. Like, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was like, well, let's do it like this. And so then you spun off into Karate Beyond. Not everyone is their own internal perpetual motion right. machine. I am constantly moving. Yeah. Even, I, like a even shark. Even in stillness, I'm constantly moving. Yep. I'm driving. I'll be yep. driving. And my wife's, you know, there would be a lull in the conversation. Yep. And she's like, you're thinking about work. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> play. However I, you define I am, it, yeah, building, or, right? But building. for me, it's not work anymore. Correct. It's, it's not fun. Work. It's fun. How do you, how do you maintain healthy relationships with partners that I don't want to say aren't ambitious? They're ambitious for other things, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like that, that factor, I always get the imagery because I'm from the coast. I always get the imagery of a shark. Mm-hmm. It's got to be moving, yeah, and it's got to take in. And we have to have the same goal in mind. Interesting. We have to have the same end game in mind. End game, yeah. Because, you know, like I said, all roads lead to here. Got it. Whether you're thinking about it from a different perspective Mm. or taking a different tactic, Mm. we're all trying to get to the same spot. Interesting. And then, just as long as that spot is the same, Mm. then we're good to go. But if it's not, then it's not going to work. And is it like further or something? esoteric like a vision calls for means goals versus ends goals you familiar with this like okay um what you share in common is it like an ends goal or a means goal what kind of is it tangible or is it more principle driven we want we want smart healthy kids and that's what we're working towards well i mean my goal for mm -hmm. for the way i live my life Mm -hmm. is to reach the point where it is not only financial freedom Mm -hmm. but freedom of lifestyle interesting right freedom of of anything tangible freedom of being tied down whether it's mortgage mm. whether it's mortgage or whether it's uh mm. well whether it's anything yeah is to be total to, freedom. to, to complete freedom at yeah. the end of the day yeah. and to be able to share that with others and that's that's critical that last element i think is the secret catalyst is to share it about making it about other. We call it igniting lives of explosive significance, creating freedom for yourself and right. others. And 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 really, when I say sh- sharing that with others, I'm talking about my kids. Because mm, that's your focal point. Right. We've chosen not to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for a variety of reasons, but we think about our nieces and nephews though. We think about our students and Mm -hmm. I can't truly compare it obviously to parenthood, but we try to imbue that same sure. focal energy. And, and not only, I mean, yes, the kids for sure, but it's like, you know, my, my wife and I, we get into an argument about college. Sure. You know, what does college mean? Because mm. it just certainly doesn't mean what it used to mean. No, it does not. Right? <laughs> and because and, I've done the whole college thing. Yeah. Right? But yeah. it doesn't, I would much rather a young person, and I tell this to, to every young person now that are that are on their way to going to college or graduating from college mm. is like, what is it that you want to do? Mm-hmm. What can you have maximum enjoyment over mm. as well as profit from to live a healthy lifestyle? Yes. Okay. What is that thing? If you don't mm. know what that thing is, mm. I don't know if it's college is right for you. I agree with that. Right? College is for specialization. I mean, yeah. not at first, but like that's the track. Right. The hope is at some point you specialize. But we're not insects, so we don't. We're not supposed to specialize, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. my! So yeah. Tom Belu, I was talking about Tom Belu, and he was calling out the specific uniqueness of humans um, from evolutionary biologist conversation. Right now is um, how can a horse be born, and, or let's even take a cow. How can a cow be born, and as soon as it comes out of the womb, knows to go for the udder? Yep has the strength to go for the other or knows to gallop or to walk around or to eat grass. Whereas a baby child, human child comes out and if you put a bottle next to it, there's no, it would still starve. It's right. still, it's so tabla rasa, blank slate. And the conversation is going, that is because our defining evolutionary trait is adaptability. Hmm. And, you know, we call it survival of the fittest. Well, the fittest in our context is collaboration, our ability to adapt to different situations. And in talking about college, it's like the goal is to ultimately specialize, but we're not insects as individuals. We're, we're, we're teleological, basically. We're, we're meaning-oriented. Mm-hmm. Even if it's human-imposed, we, we're meaning-oriented. We know it. And so, yeah, like what means a lot to your two kids? Yeah. And if they don't know... Maybe it's more time for some more life experience. Well, and, 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 and therein, you know, not only my kids, but the people that are part of my team. Yeah. And I don't want to call them employees, even though, I mean, partners in, yeah. in, in part they are, but, but, but my team. Yeah. Because they're young people. Yes. How old, what's your average age of your employee team members? Employee right now, they're the, I mean, late teens, early twenties. Wow. Right. Wow. They're young people. Yeah. Young people, and, and you're working on them as much as you would be working on. That's right. They get yeah. to, they get to see firsthand how the system works, mm. how I work, how the business works. Yeah, and they can grow from there. Now, are you yeah. capturing systems? I'm just curious. What do you mean by that? Like, um, so we've been working with our team. Our team, uh, we have two main full timers. We've got another part timer, and she's a little older. But these guys are like 21 and 25. And we're training them up to take over most of what we call Spark Sites and Spark Sites Basic. And, you know, capturing hunger is different. And I'm trying to, I was mega hungry. And when I was given a job, I would work morning, noon, and night. Now, maybe this was a scarcity mindset I had from being on the street, and I just didn't want to get fired. Mm -hmm. But I would learn every... When I was not punched in, I was home reading Mm -hmm. about... I worked at Piper Aircraft in Vero Beach on a temporary contract once young. And when I wasn't there, I was reading on aeronautics. I was was studying everything I could. And again, it could have been scarcity-driven, but I was hungry to know everything about it. I'm, I'm seeing... These two are learners. They are they're learners, and they're excellent employees. Like I would not be partnering with anyone else at this age. Mm. Um, but I don't see that same degree of hunger, and I'm wondering. I think it, it's maybe a matter of the seasons. It could be. It, it, it's a matter it of w- whether someone is ready. Yeah. Where they are in their life. Yeah. Right. Because you know, you take a young person, and you say, "Hey, here's a path." Yeah. It's pretty clear cut. Yeah. But if they're not ready for it, sure. You can tell them all you want. You can lead, what is it, the, the leading the water to lead a horse to water? Can't yeah, make them or, drink. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the good thing about our team is we do what you're implying you do at Karate Beyond, where like these two people are my clients. They're my clients. And so much so that I don't make sales calls nearly as much as I should because mm. I'm the, I'm still the primary sales guy uh, for Spark Sites. Um, 
and training them up in that. So they have proven to be hungry um, in certain ways, but I'm wondering what I'm trying to learn, I guess, my new level up as an entrepreneur is when I see things in hindsight, um, how much of that is projection? Are they as hungry as I was? And I wasn't as cool as I thought I was back then. Mm. So operating in grace, because the MO for us is growth and I want to make sure our team members are growing as much, if not more, than our than we want our clients to be growing. Our spark clients, we're trying to help right. them grow. If I can't, if I I need to be giving my best to these guys, yes. and so I'm trying to first calibrate. You know, am I capturing the systems right? And, you know, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else can I do to ensure that? How can I remove variables? I guess so that I can actually assess, um, are, is this, is this role a right fit for them? Right. That was the other thing. These guys came to me with zero tech skills, mm. zero. And I had, we had actually had interns that had tech skills. Um, and I was, what I finally landed on was I want people that are self-educated. Like I could ask either of them, what are you studying? And I, when they tell me, uh, one of them's reading seven habits right now. The other is reading, some philosophy book. I'll have to go back and check with her, but I'll put up with that and them not be necessarily a players at that particular skill. As long as they have that, that self-education thing. Are you finding your team are self learners? Uh, at at this point in their lives, I don't ask that question. Interesting. Because I'm probably a better person. I'm, 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 (laughs) because I'm performance driven. Oh, you got, you got to show it to me on the mat. Oh, interesting. If you're, if you cannot show it to me on the mat, I don't care how many books you're reading. Interesting. I, I really, I, I really don't because it, it has to translate. It has to translate directly. So the function of most happening. of your eight, late teen, early twenty somethings, their function is, in your case, karate instructors. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they have to be putting in the time. That's right. That's the tough thing about being in the digital space. Mm-hmm. Is, um, well, I mean, I mean, I say that now. Yeah. Because. I, I only have employees for being on the mat. Everything else I do on my own. Ah. All the marketing, all the back end, all the admin, mm. all that stuff is done solo. Now that's going to change in the future, and I will need team members mm. to fulfill that back end. But gotcha. I'm concentrating on front end right now. I see. Yeah. Okay. So how much are you are you uh, vetting these particular people to warm the bench for promotion into someone taking over admin and GMing, or you you really think you have to hire that out separately? That's going to be eventual, got right? It. It's got to be eventual, and, and it, for for me, it's got to happen organically. Okay, right? yeah. And and I'm still because I mean, for all intents and purposes, I'm I'm a one man operation mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, right. I, I mean, because the space and time affords me that. Yeah. Right now, will that be the same in the future? Oh hell no. Interesting. Of course not. Mm. It's going to be drastically different. Um, Interesting. But yeah. Uh, tell me, mm-hmm. getting away from Spark. Sure. Tell me what it is that you want. Mm. I mean, the catch-all term uh, is freedom. Um, but it's kind of a cop-out because it's ambiguous. Um I want to impact people to be the authors of their own sense of success. Success to me is neurochemistry. It, it's as basic as that. Um, we could talk about God and spirituality, and, and I don't make that face to demean that. But in the end, even if we're talking about spirituality, the only tangible, the mat, the only mat, the only metric, the only true measure that we know is our neuro and biochemistry giving us a feedback loop that makes us feel as consistently blissful and good as possible. And um, there's a there's a tone of paganism in that. Um, and I don't mean a spiritual paganism, I mean like a humanism mm-hmm. in that. Um, and I think I come from a, a deeply, I was raised deeply Christian, like charismatic Christian. And those roots are very close to me. Um, but I think we could use a dose of deep humanism um, not reducing spirituality, but increasing the human experience. I think we need to elevate this sensory organ called a body, and I think we should explore and experiment with it. And so I say that as the context for this idea that 
I see a lot of depression in the world. I don't know if you noticed this. Like, we could just walk downtown. Now, I'm a, I'm a naive, selective optimist. I see so much good in the world. I see so much potential. I see so much strength. But I empathize deeply with with meaninglessness because I, I still to this day can wake up days and feel completely lost. And a person like me who has who spends full time in, full time, whether it's with my employees or myself or my quiet time, I wake up at four every morning, I am constantly working on sense of purpose. But this idea of depression is causing such a significant underperformance of our species. And it, it grieves me. Not just not just from an Elon Musk, we gotta live off war, we gotta preserve, this, preserve the species. I, I agree with all that and that would be the net result. But we're supposed to, as a meaning-driven species, we're supposed to experience meaning. And what I'm finding is, is what, as a meaning-driven species, most people are experiencing lack of meaning and lack of purpose. And then they find the socially acceptable norms here. That's kids and, and job and college, though, even for the mainstream, that's wavering. Um, so I want to be a, I want to make at scale an impact, you use the word zeitgeist, I'm going to borrow that for a moment. I want to, at scale, impact the zeitgeist so that we're meaning-oriented. But I don't know if you noticed, there is a reaction when you talk to people about their goals. Have you noticed that? When you ask out, like, what are your goals? Right. There's this initial, like, what do you mean? You mean this mm -hmm. week, this year, or I don't know, or it's always travel. Like, I'd right. love to travel. Right. And I ask everyone this. If you follow my TikTok, if you follow my my Instagram, or like I'm always like, hey, you know, what's mm -hmm. your goal? And I'll sure. put the camera. We have a shirt that's like, what's your goals? People will avoid eye contact <laughs> when you wear a shirt that says, ask me about my goals or ask you about your goals. And some of it is they've been lambasted with it for so many years and it's fallen flat for them. Or they, they, and they may consider it cheeky. It's cheeky. Yeah, that's right. my business. Or, or, yeah, you know, or, or even cheesy. If you will. Very campy. Right. right? It's very so. campy. But why? And in the term goal, okay, let's get away from that. And that's why I'm using in in in, in this context mm -hmm. this idea of significance and meaning. And I know that I have found mine in helping other people find theirs. And I know the physical, mental, relational, and spiritual benefits of living a life of meaning. So if I could at scale impact society to ask the question, there'd be table topics of, this is what I'm working on, is that cool? Mm -hmm. Maybe I just miss the camaraderie from church because I don't find that in everyday society. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm just trying to create my own sense of meaning and inventing it. Yes, that's me putting the human mechanism of biochemistry and neurochemistry to work for myself. And the benefits that come from that are highly fulfilling. So for me, I'm trying to solve that for other people. I solved massive depression, my mom, listlessness in my mom. I was diagnosed ADHD bipolar. Now, oh, we made a mistake in the diagnosis. Oh, well, so I cured it, <laughs> if you will, by giving myself meaning and working at meaning and still struggling at it. Right. Um, I, I think I would make that, to answer your question shortly, that's the long answer, short answer, making the impact in society at scale uh, with giving people a construct for significance and meaning. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, that's helping kind of, people find their purpose, helping people find their or un purpose. unveiling what they're, what they're, what, yeah. what they're, what they want. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, that's the question that you're asking them is what do they want? What, yeah. do, you, what do you want? Okay. So you gave me the esoteric answer. Sure. What, what do you want? What do you, what do you, what do you want right now? What do you, what do you want material wise, physically? Oh, great. You know, I mean, you're a tech guy, right? Yeah. There's certain things that you want. What do you want? So, um, I'm, I'm a writer. Um, I've written seven books. Um, Damn, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're okay. all self-published. I say yeah, yeah, because okay. of the work behind it. Right. Um, but they're all self-published. Nothing that you've ever seen or heard of ever. Okay. Um, and then two fiction novels. So like freedom for me um, is fulfilling this purpose while still having time before I croak because mm -hmm. it's a long story arc. Um, to actually write uh, even my fiction. I, I derive such a pleasure from writing fiction. Mm -hmm. It's not funny. And I want to deal with some of these issues, but like we're using like five syllable words, right? And people are watching going, what the, f you know, yeah, yeah, synchronicity, exactly. like what are right. we talking about? I'd want to tell these concepts from a storytelling perspective because I love stories. The monomyth, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, um, look it up if you don't know what we're talking about. I mean, this stuff stirs me so deeply and I love stories and stories are so much more powerful than philosophizing. So what do I want? 
Um, that's one of those things. A definition of freedom is the freedom to just sit on a writer's retreat and write till my fingers bleed mm. and and come up for air two days later and go, oh man, I wrote. I have a massive amount of respect for writers. Um, from a very, very material level, yes. um, I'm trying to build Spark Sites up to being a million dollar company right now. We're going to scale with that and that provides challenges because we're a service-based company mm-hmm. for websites and service websites is really tough to, to scale. So we're, we're addressing service versus product that's going to be coming this year um spark bookkeeping it, we're, we're kind of hands off we are hands off there adam and Brittany welch i've got that on lockdown um, um so we have some of those targets um personally i want this is why i love business uh simon sinek's concept of the infinite game have you tracked any of that mm-hmm. his latest no. book you know simon sinek but start with why uh one of the top ted talks ever watch it but his latest book infinite game is just so stern this guy is an apex storyteller and uh, I just love his material but the infinite game is um, is this idea of humans we have a natural propensity for expansionism it's just we grow we're growth minded we're, we're okay. goal oriented and yeah. and we're looking for infinite games but we're playing them with finite rules okay. so when we tell our employees um, uh, if you can't pin so many people to the mat yeah. in karate or hit so many points you're not up to par and it's like well that's a very finite game and finite games have a purpose they're very useful but they don't resonate with the human spirit. And infinite games do. Infinite games. An infinite game is I want to be a great husband and father. Like, what's the metric, you know? Yeah. Um, so our, my finite game, because I love it, business itself. I want to be an. I want to be a good businessman. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds very like, wait, what? <laughs> Gordon Gecko? What are we talking about? No, from the infinite game perspective, because our commerce, our expression of value exchange as a species in the West. Mm-hmm. Is business, okay. and so to me, it's like I like I want to be a good businessman where I run my ethics. So one of my tangible uh, finite game goals is I want to build a ten million dollar brand. Okay, it's just an arbitrary number, right. and to me that would that would say I've gotten somewhere. The goalpost would change immediately. Okay, all right, well, talk okay. to me. Let, I'm going to give you my Amex card. I'm going to give you my my business Amex card. Yeah, I'm going to say, hey Grant, go get go out and get what you want. Yeah. Right now, what would you go out and get? Truly material. Truly material. Oh, and it could, be com- it could be completely audacious. It could be yeah. completely egocentric. Material. So totally material. Um, right now, I want to go have coffee with friends in Switzerland at breakfast after we spent all night out. Thank you. Thank you. With <laughs> friends. I've traveled the world. You've traveled the world. Yeah. But with people I have deep intimacy with who I know I spent a long night of cavaliering and having a good time, guys and gals just having a good, wholesome time, I want to wake up the next morning in a piazza in northern Italy or Switzerland and just have coffee and enjoy that air. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I could throw sense. stuff out there. I've, I've already put my money down for a cyber truck. I geek out about that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, I want to go to Mars. Yeah. Like, it's my goal. You do? Yeah. I, I, like, it's you a tangible what? goal. Uh, come, come see me after you go to Disney World. Okay. Uh, Epcot Center. There's a there's a ride called Mission to Mars. Oh. Or Mis- uh, yeah, Mission to Mars or Mission Mission Earth or something like yeah. that. And they put you in one of those capsules, a, a simulation. Uh, yeah. And... It's claustrophobic, oh, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not I'm, prone to being claustrophobic. And I am. That that messed me up, dude. <laughs> I was not right for the for the for the next couple hours after that ride. I was like, we hated it. Okay, I hated it. I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm like, I'm not out. going to space. I'm staying right here. <laughs> I well, and to me, it's about conquering those things. Like, right. I I, I want to face them down. You know, sure. Like, I don't know if we ever. I, did I ever tell you the story about sinking in the North Pacific? No. You want to talk about a nightmare and we'll talk about it some other time. It was on yeah. it was on the Weather Channel Storm Stories. I traveled semester C. We almost sank in the North Pacific. Jeez. And and it's 40 degree water. And like I'm I'm a swimmer. I grew up on the coast. Like I'm a surfer. Like I can handle it. But 40 degree water and 30 degree is another ball game. Yeah. And our boat got hit by a rogue wave and started going down. And this idea of when I think about space. I sat on the deck and I looked out and it was like the scene from the perfect storm where you look, there's no coast, there's no nothing. And you're like, it's just water. I can swim. And it's like, nope, you're gone. That idea of helplessness. Yeah. If something went wrong. So I would love to, I'll have to go check that out. So what about you? What's your answer? I give you the Amex card. Like, what is it you buy? What's the material thing you were looking Um, to have? I'm looking at, I'm looking at circa 1990, 90s uh, 
Rolex Submariners. Uh, stainless steel band, uh, really? black, black bezel, black dial. You're looking at this now? Yeah. Really? What about that? I'm like, going to treat myself at the end of the year if I do yourself. well this year. Yeah. I'm going to treat myself to that. And you can call me superficial all yeah. you all you want. But man, you got to have, not only do you have to have your esoteric goals, but yes. you got to have your material goals. Yes. Okay. I Something am a pull, firm yeah. proponent of that. Yeah. And anyone that says otherwise, you can kiss my ass because yeah. you know you want one too. <laughs> well, not that, but yeah. Well, I mean, I want, I, things. Like, yeah. I want things. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. we do want things. You know the tough thing about this, and this is the downside. Um, I heard it said, you're, the best indicator of your ability to succeed is your your ability to forego, what do they call that? Uh, instant gratification. Yes. And in my early days, like when I was on the street, you forego meals. And then when I got into the church, it was all about fasting. And, and I could go longer than anyone. I've done a full 28-day fast, no food, only water. Woo. And still had to work. My workouts only lasted about three days into that. And like lucid dreaming, like it was a trippy experience. And then other people have done crazy things. Yeah. And then when I found out that in business, the ability to, to forego instant gratification was a superpower because you go without pay for years and, or whatever the model is when you bootstrap anyway, right. you know, tech is different and there's all kinds of models that we're talking about. I, so I say that to say confession, I believe I got addicted to that. Mm. And when you ask me the, the, the Amex question, I do struggle because I have a goals list. Like I talk about dream machines, yeah. walking on the moon, writing the first trillion dollar tie check, owning properties in multiple countries, surfing in foreign waters in foreign breaks. You know, I've done this. I lived in the Dominican Republic and surfed all the time. And it was like, okay, I never think about these things. Mm. I mean, Never. I have the same outfit every single day so that I do not think about watches and clothes. That's right. And that's your uniform. That's my uniform. Yeah. But I do think, but when you drill down, and everyone has this, when you drill down, I do want to see hidden nooks. I remember going to Shanghai and finding this quad. I went for a morning run and I realized, oh, I'm traveling now. When I went for this morning run at 5 a.m., I saw these old people who could barely, they looked arthritic. And they went out and, and started doing this choreography, which at the time I didn't know, but it was just Tai Chi. By the time they finished, I just watched. And by the time they finished Tai Chi, they were as limber as any 40-year-old I knew. Mm. And I, I was like, this hidden nook is a gym. Mm. I want to see those. So if I, so Amex time, I want experiences. I want excellent. I want things, you know. Hey, um, how, do people, how do people find you? Stateofthespark.com. Stateofthespark.com. All the interwebs at Grant Nadu. My name's hard to spell, N-I-E-D-D-U. Um, but State of the Spark, anywhere you find State of the Spark, you find me there, man. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Dude. Long time coming. It, long time coming. We got to talk yeah. more about the asymptote. I'm all about the tech. We can talk about that. <laughs> we'll go off the deep end. When you guys demand the flaky stuff, we'll... we'll... Well, there you go. We'll do it over cocktails, too. All yeah, right, man. All right, brother. Thank Thanks you. so much. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Thank you for listening to The J.J. Show. Brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence, karatebeyond.com. Martial arts classes for men, women, and children. After school pickup, evening classes, and summer camp. Visit karatebeyond.com.